The primary characteristic of God's champions is faith. Faith is a trigger that releases divine power. Faith's a trigger. You have a gun, you know, your gun is loaded, maybe a machine gun or whatever it might be, and you know it's got power to do real damage to the enemy, but that machine gun, that gun is useless unless you can pull the trigger. And faith is a trigger that releases divine power and miracles in your life. Now, the great news for you today is that your faith can grow. Romans 10, 17, so your faith grow, sorry, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes and it's coming to you today. I promise you that it's coming in your direction. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, I love this verse. Your faith grows exceedingly. Anyone here want their faith to grow exceedingly? The Bible says that is possible and God is raising up in this place a people of mega faith. And so I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 8 because we've got another story here, a story here of a tremendous example of great faith. As you're finding your way to the Bibles, can I welcome this morning, so thrilled to have you join with us, Church Unlimited in Rotorua, Whangarei, and Kai Taya. We love you guys, we pray for you, we believe in you, and we're expecting that your church is going to impact your region and turn it to Jesus Christ. We say, Kaitaia for Jesus, Whangarei for Jesus, Rotorua for Jesus. Okay, we're in Matthew chapter 8, reading from verses 5 through to 13. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak only the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. Another come, and he comes. To my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. It's the only time in Scripture Jesus ever marveled. He marveled and said to those who follow, Surely I say, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west, will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast to outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, as you have believed, as you have believed, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Maybe you can identify with the centurion. Either you personally are suffering, dreadfully tormented, or you know someone else who is suffering. The only hope is a miracle. Is there someone you love, someone you care about, who's deeply troubled? And like the centurion, your heart is so burdened for them. As I looked at this story, you know, it's a story of great faith. But it's also, as you're going to see shortly, what moved me is it's also a story of great love. A story of tremendous, tremendous love. And Galatians tells us in 5 and verse 6, faith works through love. Centurions were known to be merciless, ruthless, hardened 
men, tough, strong. And yet this centurion is different. He set apart. He goes beyond the call of duty to, to get Jesus to heal his servant. When you love and reach out to people when others normally don't, or to people others normally don't reach out to you, heaven sees you as different. He sees you as more like Jesus and more like the centurion. If you're a lover of people, never be embarrassed about that, no matter how downtrodden they might be. Because I see this in the centurion. And his love is even more amazing when you understand the person he loved. See, his servant is at the bottom of the social order. Prisoner, poor, beggar, homeless. Call it what you like. Abused, addicted, drug addict, heroin addict. Bottom of the social order. He's like a slave. Slaves were like chattels. Those days, slaves had no legal rights. They couldn't even take a person to court. In Roman law, a slave was defined as a living tool, instrument, just an instrument, no rights. Master could ill-treat him, even kill him with immunity. A Roman writer on estate management said this. He recommends a farmer examine his implements every year and throw out those that are old and broken and do the same with the slaves. Normally when a slave was past his work age, he was thrown out to die. The attitude of this centurion to the lowest echelon on the social order is truly a story of great love, of amazing love, of incredible love, the unconditional love of God, if you like, that has no race or barrier or caste or order or standing or reputation. God throws it all aside. I think the centurion does that in this situation. It's remarkable. So I just want to take a moment to, for us, for me, to honor today every person. Man, this is moving, I'm telling you. <laughs> to honor every person in Church Unlimited uh, up in Kaitar and Whangarei and Rotorua and here at the West and in the city, those who take time to love the unlovable, the poor, the disadvantaged, the homeless, those in prison. Just check out these slides of some of our campuses because together we say thank you. Thank you so much because you not only follow in the footsteps of the centurion, but you also follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And even beyond that, you see, love releases miracles. Love increases faith that then releases a breakthrough. And those that you are loving, you have no idea what may transform and transpire in their lives in the years that are ahead. So we say thank you so much and may God wonderfully bless you for loving those that are ignored by so many. The centurion means commander, commander of a hundred. He would have been affluent. He would have been successful. He was well-known. He had reputation. And he puts all that aside. Deals with the dregs of society. Wow. 
One of the reasons I'm speaking on great faith today is that we're in a wonderful new era of acceleration of expansion, momentum that never ends, mighty breakthroughs, leave me astounded, and so much more. But if we're going to see the fulfillment of all these things, all these prophetic words, we need an injection of faith. God needs to increase our faith that we can absolutely grab a hold of it, like taking a nation for Jesus. You need, I need an injection of faith. So it's on God's agenda today, right now, to increase your faith and increase my faith. Because according to our faith, it will be to us. I don't know about you, but as the years go by, I find that my faith is increasing more and more and more. Just give me a few more years, and I and we are going to see the amazing, the astounding, the incredible, the impossible. We're going to see unusual, extraordinary miracles. Breakthroughs are going to be commonplace. They're going to be the new norm. Anyone up for a new norm in this place? Breakthroughs becoming commonplace. Is anyone with me today? Anyone in Rotorua ready for uncommon miracles? Anyone up in Kaitaia or Whangarei ready for the extraordinary, ready for the astounding, ready for the amazing, ready for what you believe could never happen? Is anybody ready to step into mega faith and see a revelation of God and His power and glory that you have never ever seen about, seen before and only dreamed of? Friends, that day is at hand. It's not years away. It's right at the door. And God is giving us mega faith. Get ready for some exciting things. But the challenge to you and to me is, will we cast the whole weight of our lives onto Jesus? Will we trust Him in every area? Our finances, our healing, old age, marriage, career, you name it, whatever it might be. For a moment, imagine yourself in that wheelbarrow, crossing the Niagara on a tightrope and being wheeled across. You're having to fully trust whoever is holding that wheelbarrow and wheeling it. Now, firstly, thank God it's not Pastor Paul in Kaitaia. It's not Pastor Don in Whangarei. It's not Pastor Matt in Rotorua. And it's not me in city or in west, because you would surely perish. Now be thankful that God Almighty, the creator of the universe, who has all power and all authority, is holding the wheelbarrow. And knowing that, knowing he's got that wheelbarrow, you think about it for a moment. If that was Jesus, how many of you would be 100% sure and certain he'd get you safely to the other side? Wouldn't we all? Well, friends, it's true. Jesus has got the wheelbarrow and your life is in it and you will not perish. He will get you to the other side. He will get you through whatever you're facing today. Cast your whole life upon Jesus because he will work it out. Cast all your cares on him. That is great faith. Now, the centurion had very simple faith. And I love this. See if you can capture this. It's going to help you. Because some of you sit there thinking, man, I don't, I'm not got much faith, and my faith's very small, and must have seen all the rest of it. Just listen to this guy's faith. See, Jesus said, he said to Jesus, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house. You don't need to come and lay hands on my servant. 
You don't even just say, rise up and walk. Or you just can do it right from here. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. My servant doesn't even believe. Is the person you're believing for not believe? He said, but I do. Now, if Jesus turned up to your community or maybe your street, what would you tell him? What would you be thinking, Jesus, just say the word, that's done? Or would you say, Jesus, quick, come on, you've got to come down to my house. You know, you've got to pray for this sick person, or you've got to pray for me. But not this Roman centurion. He didn't need any of that, friends. His faith was so simple. Just, just say the word, it's enough. It was great faith. You see, faith says, you don't need the healing evangelist to pray for you. You don't need the pastor or the senior pastor necessarily to come into your house and lay hands on you and pray for you. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but you don't, it doesn't have to happen. You don't even need to be in church or in a group meeting or in a life group or in a, uh, you know, in a, a youth group meeting. You don't need any of that, friends. And I believe we need to shift our focus off people and off organization, off groups, and get them on to Jesus Get them on to God who has got the answers. And you know the good news of that, friends, is He is accessible to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. He's available to you every minute, every second of the day. You don't need an appointment. He doesn't need to come to your house. Jesus, just say the word. And I and my servant will be healed. Now, Jesus said, I've never seen such faith in all Israel. Go home now. He went home and the servant was healed. Now think about this. The centurion's faith wasn't even a creedal faith. Like, I believe in God the Father, His Son Jesus Christ, I believe in the Holy Spirit and the virgin birth. He'd never heard of it. He didn't know the New Testament. He didn't read it. Hadn't been written. His faith wasn't based on Bible stories. He didn't know any Bible stories. His was just a simple faith that Jesus was powerful and could heal and would heal his servant. Maybe there's a simplicity of faith that we sometimes miss. Get it so complicated. No wonder Jesus marveled at the centurion. See, his faith was based on a very sound argument. He knew, the words of, he knew that words of command were expected to be obeyed. He was a Roman centurion. He had authority. He gave commands, do this, do that, go here, go there. It was done because why he had the backing of the, the might of the Roman Empire. His words had power. If he said, go, you go. If he said, jump, you jump. Whatever he said happened. His faith was so great that he thought, if my words, think about this, have that kind of authority and power, imagine what the words of Jesus, the creator of the universe, the one whom has been given all authority on heaven and on earth, he worked out that the words of Jesus would be infinitely, unbelievably more powerful than any words that he could ever speak. And he understood if Jesus said it and made a command, it would be done full stop. So he said, Jesus, just say the word. And he knows all heaven is going to back him up. 
this guy has got great faith. And Jesus was just so surprised. Then the centurion simply believed what Jesus said. Matthew 8, 13, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done to you. Servant was healed that same hour. Jesus, he needed no further explanation. Needed no further proof. Jesus said, hey, your servant's healed. Well, you might have said, well, Jesus, can you give me some, you know, guarantee? <laughs> can you give me something in writing? Can you show me? How, how, how do I know? No questions asked. He just believed what Jesus said. What has Jesus said to you? What has he said to you? What promises has he given you? What verses of scripture have shone in your heart over the years? What prophecies have come? You see, they've come to our church in abundance. The question is, do you believe what he said to you? I mean, do you really believe what you said to you to the extent that you're actually taking some action based on what he has said to you? Why are we going to the trust arena? We believe God's said we want to, he wants to put us on the map and do some amazing, incredible things. So we not only heard the word, we believe it and we're acting upon it. There's a faith margin involved. We've got to have that in our lives, otherwise there's no faith at all. Listen to this testimony. God prompted me to pay for 10 people for New Zealand and beyond. She said, I doubted it all. So I thought, if Pastor Tark mentions New Zealand and beyond, or seek first the kingdom of God, then I'll do it. Well, she could have known I was going to mention New Zealand and beyond, because I always do. Next Sunday, he mentioned both. I'm currently on ACC, so I received my usual Wednesday payment and another $706 from my employer the same week that I paid the $650 registration. I wasn't due for a bonus. Out of nowhere, the $706 came, paid for more than the registration fees. If you want to make money, I'm just telling you how to do it. <laughs> she, said that, she said, God took from the ungodly to bless me. I want to encourage others, she says. If God lays something on your heart, don't resist him. He always comes through if we trust him. It's a great story, isn't it? Let's go to 1 Kings 17. Just a woman who believed the word of the Lord, because I think many of us struggle. We love prophecies, and I've seen this over the years all across the country. We love prophecies. We get prophecies, and God says this, isn't it? And then we just think, oh, thank you, Jesus. And we just forget all about prophecy, put it in a book, on the shelf, on a DVD, CD, and never look at it again. It's almost like, well, what was the point of that? So here we go. 1 Kings 17, verse 11 through to 16. And she was going to eat, and he called, this is Elijah, her, and said, please bring a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour. There's a famine happening, you see. In a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I might go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. You're talking about desperate plus, 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 about to die. So Elijah, being a very compassionate man, says, do not fear. And uh, do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. Bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and 
She and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. In a time of great famine, woman's down to her last meal. She's facing starvation, and Elijah says, hey, look after me first, give me some bread and water. And the widow did what the prophet said. She did what God said to her through the prophet. Then God does an amazing miracle. Probably for over two years, the oil and the flour never run out. How could she give her last meal away to Elijah? Why? Because she had great faith. She believed the word that God spoke to her, and she acted upon it. She trusted him or trusted God when it made no sense to trust. Great faith believes and acts upon the prophetic words and the promises. Listen to this one. Three months ago, I joined New Zealand and Beyond Choir. I felt God wanted me to try new ministry aside from camera work, even though I have a very demanding job as a team leader. My work superiors have not been happy with me, about serving more at church. They're asking me to cut down all my church work and ministry. She said, I felt discouraged and I felt controlled. She said, I love my job. I love my staff. I love my superiors. But I love God above all else. Bible says, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and these things will be given to you. So I told my bosses I was willing to stay working for them, but I would step down obviously, to a different and a lesser role. Then God left me astounded. She immediately got interviews, went through those, and accepted a different job. A new role is more, she says, a new role is more than I prayed for, and I'll have more time to serve God in church. I am still astounded at how God has turned my trials into triumphs. You will never outdo serving God. See, what happened here is she simply believed and acted upon what God's word said. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. See, sometimes you, me, all of us, we want more proof that that word is true, you see? But the widow didn't need more proof. The centurion didn't need more proof. They just believed what God said. And this person in this story that I've shared did not need more proof. Acted upon the word of God. That is great faith and causes God to marvel. Jeremiah 32, verse 27, I am the Lord, is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. How many of you would like me in Kaitaia, Rotorua, Whangarei, City West, like me to show you some great and mighty things? You'd like to see it? Well, here we go. Just when the womb gets too old for babies, Sarai gets pregnant. Just when the people have given up, God sends Moses. Just when the Israelites think they've reached a dead end, God parts the Red Sea. Just when the battle seems too hard, the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. 
Just when sin seems too great, David is forgiven by God. Just when the flames are ready to kill him, God sends a fourth man like unto the Son of God. Just when the centurion's servant is about to die, Jesus speaks the word of healing. Just when the disciples fear they will drown, Jesus calms the sea. Just when the Romans and the Jews think they've ridden the world of Jesus, God raises him from the dead. And just when the world least expects him, he will come again. For he is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He will have the final say and the final word is anything too hard for our God. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, things that you have never seen before. Get ready for God to leave you astounded. And just remember that great faith connected to great love is a lethal and powerful combination. Thank you, Church Unlimited, Kaitaia, Rotorua, Whangarei, for joining us today. May God bless you and the rest of your service. Amen.